Come Holy Spirit. I was 22 years old, a headhunter in Stanford. It was my first job out of college. When, and I was only four months away from going to seminary when I received an unexpected phone call. It was Easter Sunday, and Reverend Terry Fulham called me on the phone. And he said, a spot has opened up on our Holy Land pilgrimage. If you want to come, it's in two weeks. I said, that's it, I'm going. So I went there, got to be a part of this amazing pilgrimage. It was 10 awesome days in Israel. And while we were there, what I was aware of, my highlight of that trip, was getting to be waiting for my turn in the Jordan River to rededicate myself to God. And I felt like as I was preparing my heart for that moment that I was saying to the Lord, I want to give you everything. I want to give you my energies, my hope, my dream. I want to commit my life anew to you. And it was sort of the I'm all in statement. It got to be my turn, and Terry t sort of said a prayer over me. He heard my words. And then to rededicate me, he dipped me back into the Jordan River and pulled me up. And I can tell you that when I went under the waters, I felt the Holy Spirit fall on me. And what I was aware of in that moment that was that God's love was poured into me. And somehow I knew that it was only a teeny fraction of how much God loved me. And that if I had received any more of it, I would not have been able to bear it. It was a profound and powerful moment for me. I came up out of the waters and the praise team was singing on the riverbank. And I was just weeping joyful and grateful tears for a very long time afterwards. This infilling of the Holy Spirit gave me just what I needed as I was preparing for my next chapter, for the challenges ahead, for what God had for me. It was his love and comfort that came around and encouraged me. And I wonder, as we gather here on this lawn today, are you in a place of needing a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit? A fresh infilling of that love of God in you. We have all been through a brutal 15 months. I know we're all ready for a next chapter and maybe coming out of it recognizing that we need more hope, direction, and encouragement. We need more of Jesus. Well, that puts us right where these new converts were in our Acts story for today. Paul's arrived in Ephesus. He's found these 12 disciples. So let's take a look together at verses 2 through 6 in chapter 19 of Acts. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. 
So what we're hearing about in the story is that they're Jewish um, disciples who had received that baptism of repentance. That's what Jesus received from John the Baptist. And that baptism was important, but it wasn't the whole story. They hadn't heard the rest of it yet. And Paul asked them that question, Do, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And from that, we can see that the Holy Spirit is a sign of faith in Jesus Christ. God gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit, both through baptism and the laying on of hands. What I love about these disciples is that they're really humble and open. They want to receive the good news of Jesus. When they heard about him, they were baptized right away. There was no hesitancy. And the Holy Spirit, in my mind, must have been at work already in their hearts to make them open to receive this gift from God. And we can also likewise trust that when we're in some difficult circumstances and it doesn't look like God is present at all, where there may feel like there's no hope, God is doing something behind the scenes that we can't see. What we also see is these disciples were given a new mission to learn and share the good news, both in the temple and in the Greek hall. And these 12 go with Paul into mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And some say the Spirit is the most neglected person of the Trinity. This was true in my experience when I grew up in the church I was in. The only time I heard mention of the Holy Spirit was when we sang the doxology or the Gloria Patri. Um, it was new to me. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Jesus breathed out his Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room, and he was giving them the Spirit so that his followers could be one with him, just as he and his Father are. We also saw the Spirit show up again on the day of Pentecost, which we just celebrated a few weeks ago. We're told a few things in Scripture. There's a lot to say about the Holy Spirit, but a few highlights. The Holy Spirit gives us freedom. The Holy Spirit also counsels us in the ways of God and gives us understanding and discernment. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus and fills us with God's love, comfort, and joy. Our former pastor, Chuck Davis, used to say the Acts of the Apostles would more rightly be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that is God's action in the world, doing the mission and using the church to get it done. Even our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, so we can do God's work in the world. <clears throat> Two years ago, Gina preached on the Holy Spirit, and her wisdom is worth repeating. She said, receiving the Holy Spirit is like being drenched in water, dripping wet, and when we dry out, we can return for a fresh filling to be immersed and soaked in the Holy Spirit. Just like the mercies of God, the filling of the Holy Spirit is new and available to us every day. We're invited to come, drink deeply, swim in God's love. Now, the Holy Spirit is important because it's the Holy Spirit that moves the plot forward in the story that God is telling. 
We see this in verse 6 as we looked at that. These disciples began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Here we find two gifts of the Holy Spirit, tongues and prophecy. And there are several lists in all of Paul's writings about spiritual gifts. There are at least 10 different ones that are listed in Scripture. And if I had time, I'd share all of them with you. But I'm going to encourage you this week to go home and study them. Gifts are there to build up the church, to encourage the church. And they're different so that each person's gift can help the other grow, both in our church life and in our witness beyond. We're familiar with some of them, like teaching, evangelism, showing mercy. But the two for today might be different to you. They might be ones you hadn't heard of. Um, tongues and prophecy are found in the New Testament, and they're still practiced today. Speaking in tongues happens when people utter words unknown to them. It's often an unlearned language, like we see at Pentecost, and also earlier in Acts in Corinth. Tongues can be confusing. It was to me. My first encounter with this gift occurred in Avignon, France. I was a student studying abroad, and I was worshiping in a very vibrant church, even joining their choir with a few other American Christians. The congregation was made up of French laborers and North African migrants, and it was called L'Assemblée de Dieu. Now, it wasn't until years later that I translated the name of that congregation, which was Assembly of God, and realized that I had been worshiping in a Pentecostal church. There was a lot of speaking in tongues going on, but I didn't know about it then, so I didn't even know what I was hearing. I was figuring at the time it was a dialect of French that I had never learned. But the gifts are just one manifestation of the Holy Spirit at work in a person's life. The other gift we read about today is the gift of prophecy. And I'd like to share a story with you to show how that gift is still alive and active in our world today. As I was preparing for this sermon, one of members of our congregation called me and was talking to me about a very difficult decision that they were wrestling with. And it needed to be made right away. And she had actually prayed, God, please just give me an answer about the way forward, yes or no. Just in time, another member of the church who had no idea what she was going through reached out to her in a note that she sent her. And she said the following, I felt led to send a note encouraging you that God sees you, hears you, and is present. He knows your joys and tears. Continue to seek his face. He is there. He will hold you and bring you whatever your soul is asking. And she ended the note saying, the answer is yes. So for the recipient of this note, she said, my burden was lifted and replaced with an indescribable peace and comfort that defied my situation. Sometimes you just know that you know. Doesn't that sound like God? We often do know when the Holy Spirit is showing up for us in our circumstances. In our reading for today, there are also other Holy Spirit gifts happening, which include reasoning and persuading and evangelism. And God equips us to be able to share the good news in a culture that may be caught up in the worship of lesser gods 
And that's exactly what was happening where our scripture takes place. Ephesus, now in modern Turkey, was the most prominent city in Asia at the time and the fourth largest city in the known world. It was a political and commercial center at the crossroads and intersection of many different trade routes and had a large harbor. But even more so than that, it was a religious center and a very smart place to find new disciples seeking the truth. I got to be in Ephesus with my family a few years ago, and we saw this enormous excavated city. I remember seeing a number of temples along the way, even one to the Egyptian goddess Isis. Now, Egypt and Turkey are not nearby countries, but culture and religion came to Ephesus from far and wide. And this sophisticated spiritual city had the Temple of Diana, which is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, just on the outskirts of this edge of it. And it was a major pilgrimage site at that time. So as we see, God is sending his people to places of impact. And Paul was strategic in the places he went to share the good news. He knew that the gospel from there could radiate out. We also see evidence of the Holy Spirit at work moving the story forward. Let's take a look together at verses 8 through 10. And Paul entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So we see in this story some resistance and grumbling that Paul is having to deal with that caused him to leave the synagogue, but he was undeterred. And he understood opposition was part of God's work. He poured himself into those disciples that were hungry for truth. And he saw God's greater mission was to all of Asia, that they would hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came, died, and was resurrected so that we could be restored to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Community was forming, new life was happening by the Holy Spirit. All of Asia, isn't that amazing? What if it were said of our time that all of Fairfield County and Westchester County got to hear the good news of Jesus because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us? God gives us the Spirit to accomplish his purposes. We receive an infilling to be an outpouring. The Holy Spirit equip, equips us with everything we need so we don't have to be all about ourselves, self-focused or bound by sin. We can be the church united in love and mission to the world. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us through God's word and scripture, prayer, through others and through our circumstances. Sometimes unexpected doors open and close. God uses us just like our friend did in the note she wrote. This has been a hard year. 
And as Pastor Nathan said last week, we are now dealing with the epidemic after the pandemic. There are crises going on in marriage and mental health with substance abuse and burnout. But from where I sit in my ministry here at Stanwich, I can tell you that I've heard some amazing stories about how God is using even these difficult times for his purpose. I've heard stories about answered prayer that didn't seem like it made sense, about God supplying options when there weren't any. They remind me of Mother Teresa's words where she said, God is never late, but his timing is rarely early. Even in the weariness and the struggle of what we've been through and are currently dealing with, God still has an assignment for us, the work of the kingdom. And the story of good news is still needed through us and even in us. Aren't we ready for an infilling of the Holy Spirit? We don't have to go to the banks of the river to find it. It is accessible here today. And I invite the musicians to come forward at this time. Some of us may need healing from the Holy Spirit. Others may need a new assignment. You might find you're in need of strength or renewal for your next chapter. So before we go to the communion table, the musicians are going to come forward and play a song for us. And we'll have an opportunity to be filled anew by the Holy Spirit. If your spiritual clothes are dry and you need to be drenched again by God's Holy Spirit, you can come forward for prayer. There are going to be pastors and elders. You'll see them throughout this area here, standing sort of in the corners. Some of them are waving hands. There'll be some in the back as well. Um, I see Cindy getting up there, and Dave. we'll see Nathan and Gina, and Dave is going to be over here. So keep an eye out. They'll be standing. Thank you. We've got Greg as well. Um, so if you want to come forward to any of these people during the song that's getting played, just for a prayer for a fresh infilling, please do so. Um, you're also welcome to sit where you are, to even open your hands to receive more of God's Holy Spirit for you today. Well, for all of those interested, I invite you to come, and we will pray with you. May the Spirit of the living God fall afresh on us. Come, Holy Spirit, come.